When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Sometimes they're misguided. Sometimes it's all a bunch of hot air and, and an excuse to get drunk. Mackey and Judd. Do not like to be told by their elders how things used to be and how things used to be better. On 1500 ESPN. Lou Danny joining us on this Thursday, opening day for uh, all of Major League Baseball as well. So we're going to have uh, Roy Smalley later on in the show. Wild trying to hunt down a playoff spot. Wolves trying to hunt down a playoff spot. Fun time in Minnesota sports. So Judd, are you going to start Lou Nanny off with the same anti-wild rant that you started our show off with yesterday? No, I'm not. Go ahead. No, 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 okay. I'm not. In fact, Louie, pansy. Louie, my first question to you has nothing to do with the National Hockey League team in town, but r- rather your reaction uh, to the news that was made official a couple days ago. Bob Motzko, hired as the Gopher coach, uh, will be introduced to the press conference today at 1 p.m. Your thoughts about the hire? Well, I, I'm very, very pleased about it. I, I think that the uh, university... You know, had to get someone that uh, has a track record, a proven track record, someone that's got a network that can uh, go around and and continue to get good players from everywhere, and someone that really loves the university. Someone he actually had a history there. He got cut twice at the university, and and they finally went back to went to St. Cloud State to play. But he coached the DU for a couple of years, and he's had a broad base of experience and uh, a lot of success at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I was I was very pleased. I I was part of the interview process, and I really like what I heard from him. And I am I'm happy that the athletic department chose him. I think they made a good hire. So, Louis, in in the end, how, how many uh, potential candidates were talked to about that job? Well, we talked uh, to four. Yeah. Okay. So so Matsko, Patolni. Oh, I'm not going to mention who they are. Okay. That's. That's got to come from the university, not from me. All right. Uh, what should the expectations be, do you think, with Bob? And and are we going to see a similar style and player that, that Don had? Or, or, in your mind, does he have a different philosophy in how to coach? Well, uh, everybody's got a little different philosophy from someone else. And at the end, everybody's got the same as someone else. You know, there's certain tweaks that he's, I'm sure he'll do differently. There's... Uh, there are certain fundamentals that he really believes in to be successful, and and I think that uh, at the end of the day, you're going to see a team that he wants to be fast, he wants to be aggressive, and he wants to be hardworking. And I think that that's been the staple of his teams for years at St. Cloud, and I'm sure we're going to see the same thing in Minnesota. Yeah, Lou, um, it's it's fun to watch. Well, Eric Stahl has been the story, obviously, for the while with 40 goals, but. Uh, right next to him, the emergence of Jason Zucker, his first 30-goal season. It, it, when you've watched him the last few years, it looks like there's 30-goal potential 
in there, and now he's finally uh, emerged in that category. So when you watch Jason Zucker blossoming, what, what do you see? Well, first of all, Phil, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, uh, just stop and think about it. Is there a more quiet 30-goal scorer in the National Hockey League? Yeah. Someone not getting the recognition he really deserves because there's not a lot of 30-goal scorers in the league. Yeah, and I mean, and he's overshadowed obviously on his own team because yeah, exactly. of all the veterans and Eric Stahl. So exactly, but this kid is, you know, uh, one thing I really believe in and I've seen happen: goal scorers have track records and they score, and non-goal scorers don't score. And if they have a year where they're good, it's an aberration, and then you go on. You know, I, 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 I got to tell you, he's had a history of scoring from when he was a little kid in Vegas all the way through his whole history of minor hockey, all the way up everywhere he went, and. And Denver just remembers some of the big goals he's got in the NCAA playoffs and overtime, stuff like that. I mean, this kid has done it every level, and it was just a matter of time as he progressed till he, he got to 32 because he's capable of doing it. And I think that that's something that, you know, you you really, really uh, expect if you're a hockey guy watching his career and aren't surprised by it. So, Lou, here, here were my two uh, gripes, and I'll start this off by saying I'm a big Bruce fan, okay? So I'm, I don't question Bruce a lot. I think he's done a great job. But my two gripes uh, coming out of the game on Sunday against Boston and then the game a couple nights ago against the Preds was, I'll start with this one, OT. He, start, he is now starting with 2D and a forward. I think that you should start with two forwards and 1D. But most importantly, this goes to the guy... That you like so much, and I think he was put on this earth for the three-on-three format. Granland, I would start Granland. I think Granland, even if he's struggling five-on-five, Lou, he is such a good skater and so skilled that that in a three-on-three, I think he has ability to be fantastic. I would start him almost every time in three-on-three. Well, I agree with you. I, I first of all, when you look at three-on-three, you know what's happening. You got a lot of ice. It's going to be wide open, and it's going to be speed. And uh, I kind of think that maybe he started two defensemen because he knew Marchand was going to be out there in Bergeron, and, and and he was almost thinking defense first before he was thinking offense, and maybe that's why he did it. I personally am, am completely in accord with you, Judd. I would start two forwards, and, and Granlin obviously would be one of them. And I do that because of the speed. And I, I, I probably would, you know, it wouldn't be a, a long shot to say it'd be Granlin and Zucker. And mm-hmm. and uh, even Dumba on defense because you you want his shot and you want the speed and Dumba's not great defensively, but you know <laughs> the truth is both sides are going to get chances and and you want to make sure your chances count. So if it wasn't Dumba, I, I, I probably would even start Brodine. But uh, I think that you know it's the mindset of a coach and, and the way he feels and maybe what he's planning to do. But if you look at the overtimes. A lot of them that end, and I watched one last night, Washington and, and the Rangers, they end like in 30 seconds a lot of times. Yes. Because you're going to get that chance, and so you might as well, you might as well get your best uh, opportunity guys out there and the guys that can skate and guys that are going to create some space and maybe uh, get an opportunity to score because you know the other team's going to get an opportunity to score. I think that, that the the format is essentially a race to score. So if so if you go and say, well, well, I'm going to try and stop a team, I think that that mentality ordinarily is correct, but in three-on-three it's wrong. I think that this is they drop the puck, you attempt to get possession, and then it basically becomes, Lou, a race to score a goal. Yeah, and the only time it wasn't was the other night. 
Uh, I forget who was playing. I watched a game against the Oilers. Ducks. The Ducks. Remember, and they, they yes. killed about 40, 40 seconds just passing back and forth, hoping to get McDavid off the ice, which they never quite had to do because they went down and scored a goal before McDavid even got to touch the puck. But their strategy was to just play it back and forth until the, the time went up so McDavid's off the ice, and then they then they go with their guys. And then to do that, they had to win the draw, which they won, and they, and they got control and never gave it back, and then finally scored a goal. And they kept circling back. The one thing that, that I, I would do if I, I was um, McDavid from he, here on out, Louie, I would go stand at the blue line, I would let them do what, what they want, and I would say, I'm not getting tired, I'm not leaving the ice. Yeah. I wouldn't leave the ice. Well, it's it, the one thing you got to watch about. You don't have to leave the ice, but uh, you don't want to stand still. You want to move your feet a little bit because uh, uh, even though he's the fastest skater in the league, you, you you're always a little better when you got your feet moving a little bit. You don't have to move them a lot to get tired out, but you want to be in in a position where you can take off and go right away, and it's a little a little easier when you got the feet moving even a little bit. Uh, so, Lou, Judd and I were hobnobbing with the rich and famous in the TCL theater box at Target Center last night. And, uh, Carl, it was a good time to be at the game because Carl Anthony Towns did something that only a few players in the history of NBA basketball have done, 56-15-4. and four. Uh, Michael Jordan did it. Kevin McHale did it like 30 years ago. Wilt Chamberlain a couple times, and Rick Barry and Anthony Davis. In your life watching sports, for, for plays like whether it's hockey in the arena, in the stadium, in in person, the most memorable or uh, or great performances you can remember. Well, the most memorable, and, and I didn't see it except on film, was Will Chamberlain getting a hundred. Yeah, I mean, you're talking fifty six, like it's a big deal. It is a big deal, but imagine getting another forty four more than that. Yeah, I, I often wonder how could that happen. And you know, I think it was Berenson got six goals. And uh, <laughs> by the way, they gave him a car after he got the six goals, and within a month he sold the car. And I think that's why he got traded to Detroit for Gary Unger. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sittler got ten points for the Leafs one time, which was sensational. Wow. Uh, so there, there have been uh, you know a number of things. And how many times did Rocky Calavito hit three home runs? And I think one guy hit four that I can't remember who it was. I mean. Those are unique, unique performances. What was the most uh, me- memorable Stars performance, Louis, that you saw? When we beat Winnipeg sixteen three. Oh yeah, I remember that game sixteen to three. Yes, that could have been twenty five. I mean, their goalie made a lot of good stops. Did he really? Yeah, sixteen to three. Un- and and you know you're sitting in the press box and I and Ferguson's up there for Winnipeg and I, I'm kind of feeling a little queasy. I, I don't want us to score that many goals. It's really embarrassing and it just kept going on and on and on. So what? Okay, what happened? Like if they but their goalie made some good stops. So was the it wasn't a goalie issue. It was just the ice was tilted. We were like uh, playing against the Russians one time. We were playing them up in the in the Centennial Tournament in, in Winnipeg and the Russians. We were playing against them and. I'm telling you, for the first eight, ten minutes, I I don't think we touched the puck, and all of a sudden, with the plays going on, Mariucci had thrown another puck out there. The referees blew the whistle, didn't know where it came from. So he said, What's going on? And John says, We want to play too. <laughs> so that so that Jets, uh, if I recall though, that uh, that 16 goal waxing uh, started a pretty good r- rivalry. Because I recall being at a game that I, Louis, I don't think was much after that, where where there was a full scale brawl that ended with I want to say the Jets Tim Trimper uh, being attacked by Dino after after they had put Dino in the penalty box and he came flying out. Do you do you recall that one? 
I don't remember that one. I do remember the one we had a brawl in, in training camp, and, and uh, JP ended up with Kim Claxon. Claxon was a short, stocky guy, and he was really, really a tough guy. He was their tough fighter. And after the game, uh, I went down, and I said to JP, I said, way to go, Jeep, way to hang in there. And he looked at me, and he, because and he, JP's not, a, you know, wasn't a fighter, but, you know, he's not going to back down or anything. He said, Lou, he said, the worst words I had ever heard in my life. I said, what were they? He said, the referee says, let him go. He says, let him go. I want to fight him in a phone booth where there's no room where I can hold on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lou, great stuff, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next week. See well, you, nice Lou. to have you back, Phil. I, you know, I, I thought you were just on an extended vacation there. Well, I was He's like uh, you. He's been to Arizona, Florida. I, Lou, I, I, I was wandering the uh, the yacht docks in Fort Lauderdale last week, uh, just picking out my next purchase. Well, you should have you should have come a little north there. I was only fifty miles north of you. Yeah, you know we uh, we we found a dive karaoke bar on our last night and made some uh, made some. Uh, we met like a star morning show radio host from the Philippines that was just like vacationing in Fort. You never know who you're going to meet in the dive bars of Fort Lauderdale, Lou. <laughs> That's for sure. And they do have, you know, two-thirds of the uh, world's biggest yachts are in South, uh, South Florida in winter. I mean, it and was that, like, it was like, so, you know, there's there's some nice, you go to like, you know, the, the Hubbards have a nice boat, but you yeah. go you go to some of these docks in Florida. Pier 66. Oh, my God. Hmm? We're talking like, like the biggest mansions you've ever seen, and it's a boat, and there's yeah. like 12 of them, you know? Uh, uh, there are. There, there, there's plenty there that are over 250. Yeah, right by Louis' boat. That's long. <laughs> I got the one that you use in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are do you? Do you have any idea like who, which famous people have massive? Steven Spielberg's is down there. Okay. Yeah, he's got over a two hundred footer. Man. And and uh, you know the Forbes, uh, they've been in, in the marine in front of my place. There, there's one eighty seven. I mean, there's there's, and uh, Paul Allen's had his there, and and. Uh, there was one, I think it was called the Arietta, it was 276 feet Russian oligarch had it when I was there uh, two weeks ago. Paul Allen. Paul Allen. I knew business was good on the other side of the dial, but that's nice. Yeah, but oh, the other Paul them. Allen. He's got two of them. One about 460 and the other about 270. Jeez, it must be nice. It is. Judd bought another pullover yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I drove to uh, Eden Prairie. Yeah. <laughs> Hung out there for a while, Louie. It's a great suburb. Uh, tipped a couple extra yeah, boxes. Just great. absolutely gorgeous. Yep. <laughs> oh, that sounds like me. That's all I do. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's real tough for you. <laughs> all right, Lou. Uh, Bye, Lou. Care, guys. Thanks. Nice See you. Bye. Lou Nanny, 10 o'clock on Thursdays. Let's break quick, come back, and actually, you know what? Before we break, let's do this because we're doing this twice an hour. We're giving away copies of MLB The Show 2018 for PlayStation 4. Caller number 5. Free copy, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. And local sports scoops with Doogie when we come back. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. Uh, let's get into this here. Let's bring this Let's bring this off-air production meeting to the air. We're just asking Doogie, what do you got for us? What kind of scoops you got for us? You can find Doogie's full-length scoop podcast on iTunes or the 1500 ESPN mobile app, KSTP.com. What's up, Doogie? Good morning, gentlemen. I will record a new Scoop podcast tomorrow. Just back in town last night, took the boys to Wisconsin Dells, thankfully survived, somehow survived, the missus and me. So now we are back. I saw the office. I saw the picture. You you survived with booze. Oh, God, trust me. 
thankfully they had many bars at the location <laughs> we were at because without the alcohol, I had zero chance. Uh, by the way, you'll be happy to know here, the listeners aren't going to care about this, but this prod studio down the hallway... It's all yours now. We've cleared out all of the old like AM fifteen hundred two thousand. Yeah, your boss mini-discs. told me last week. Yeah, so you can record interviews with Glenn Taylor, whoever you want. And this, it's a working phone, two microphones. It's all yours. Beautiful. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's start with this. The Timberwolves got some help. They, well, first of all, they helped themselves by not losing to the Hawks, and Cat goes off. But Boston comes back on the road, depleted, and daggers Utah, which helps the Timberwolves. It's a battle. They're still not out of the woods yet. I mean, they haven't clinched anything yet. Um, what's Tom Thibodeau's status with this organization? I mean, that loss to Memphis the other night was atrocious. If they were to slide out of the playoffs and miss for the 15th or whatever, 14th straight year, even if they make the playoffs, how strong is Tom Thibodeau's job security with this organization? Much, much stronger than many on Twitter would lead you to believe. Okay, He signed a five-year, $40 million deal. It's fully guaranteed, obviously. Yes, Scott Layden makes millions per year. Presumably, if you blew up Tibbs, you would blow up Scott Layden. Who the heck would eat that money? Glenn Taylor's not eating that money. But yes, if they missed the playoffs, I don't know if you know some heads would roll. I mean, maybe you make some changes in the front office or on your coaching staff. There would be a lot of pissed off people, I can tell you that much. I mean, they put so much into this year. Maybe more than they should have, just based on making the playoffs. Because, hey, trust me, making the playoffs to me is a big deal when Andrew Wiggins doesn't have any playoff experience, when Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have any playoff experience, Tyus Jones, go up and down the list. But if you end up as the seven or the eight seed, if you end up playing four or five games, is it that big of a deal? You could argue. Trust me, I can listen to folks arguing. Again, I'm on the other side. I'm saying get playoff experience. But this is one of the deepest drafts in recent memory. Well, you're, you're pro-tank. Doogie's pro-tank. He wants a pro-tank. Yep. He wants yep. a miss the, miss But the remember, tank. the Atlanta Hawks. Go Mavs. The Atlanta Hawks wanted to lose last night. Well, at least management did. Remember, from the Adrian sort of Payne the trade. Yeah, they did. Although, uh, going back and forth with J.B. Bickerstaff the other day, I can promise you. Well, J.B. was to going to have yeah. his guys ready to play on Monday night. But anyway, the Hawks, at least management-wise, wanted to lose last night. The Hawks, going back to the Adrian Payne trade, have the Wolves' first-round pick if the Wolves make the playoffs. So in this very deep draft, if Atlanta ends up with the 16th pick from the Wolves, that is one heck of a pick. What I'm saying is, if the Wolves somehow missed the playoffs and the schedule's far too easy, other teams are losing. I mean, you mentioned it. Boston beats Utah last night. The Clippers are playing okay. Denver's not playing particularly well. The Wolves are making the playoffs. I've been saying that for weeks. I'm not getting off that bandwagon. The Wolves are making the playoffs, but if they somehow missed the playoffs, having the 12th or 13th pick in this draft is a darn good pick. Yeah. It really is. So if somebody wanted to argue, hey, miss the playoffs, That's what I'm hearing end you up say. with the 13th pick, then you have Oklahoma City's pick, the 20th pick, you could really help your bench if Tibbs wanted to ever play a rookie. You could really help your bench or make a pretty good trade with those draft picks, but I say make the playoffs, and I still say they do make the playoffs, but to answer your question, if they somehow missed the playoffs, Tibbs will still be back as the head coach next year. So Jimmy Butler uh, is working out now, not practicing yet. He'll what, be back before the regular season what's is the over. Time, what's the timetable there, and how much do we uh, trust the comments I've seen in recent days from Tibbs saying that, you know, this is the long play, this has to be the smart play. It all sounds very good. 
Uh, but what's the timetable for Butler to return, and how much do we trust that dynamic duo not to try and rush things? Well, the last hurdle here is full contact. I don't see him playing tomorrow in Dallas. Could he play as soon as Sunday at Target Center against Utah? Maybe, if not Sunday, maybe next week. He will be back. Yeah, I mean, Tibbs wants him back, but I would take Tibbs at face value on that. He sat down with our friend, my boss, Joe Schmidt, a couple weeks ago. Joe laid out, hey, would you bring back Jimmy, playing him 10 to 15 minutes a night? Tibbs said no. This is big picture. When he's back, he'll be ready to be Jimmy Butler of old. But, yeah, he'll be back. My understanding is he will be back before the end of the regular season. Uh, Doogie, how easy was it for the Gopher men's hockey program to hire Bob Motzko? They had they had three other interviews besides Bob Motzko. Uh, how, how easy or, or snap of the fingers was it to just say, oh, yeah, if Motzko's interested, he's the guy? Well, he was always their number one target. Now, I'm mildly surprised he said yes. Other people I know that know this way better than I are pretty surprised he said yes. Now, money talks. He'll make... Double the amount he was making at St. Cloud State. He'll have double the budget, if not more. Although the Gophers, last year, out of the seven Big Ten teams, sixth on the budget scale. Now, they have every bell and whistle they need. But if you need a couple more people traveling party-wise, they don't travel as many student managers, for example. Mm -hmm. There's some tweaks that can be made. But we really can't go at the budget, even though I'm telling you, whether it's Michigan, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, there's other Big Ten schools that – blow the Gophers away budget-wise. But, yeah, Motzko was their guy. It was a matter of just convincing him. You know, and make no mistake, the guy that was on the segment before me had his fingerprints all over this hire, which is fine. This was Louie's guy. Louie had a ton of influence, even though they reached out to a number of former players. Louie was in the room interviewing these guys. Trust me, Louie was the guy. He was driving the Bob Motzko yeah. bus. Lou, Lou kind of played it off like, I was in the room. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, he should not yeah. have been playing it off. I mean, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just telling you, that. talking to multiple people yeah. directly involved, I can promise you, Bob Motzko doesn't get hired without the Lou Nanny influence. So it, it sounds like, uh, Doogie, they talked to four people. They talked to uh, Grant Patalny, who played here and was an assistant here and mm-hmm. went uh, and and was in his first season at Northern this past year. Scotty Bell, who was on their bench with Lucia this past year, uh, Motsko and Mike Gensel. Now, mm-hmm. what's interesting there is Mike Gensel was Lucia's associate head coach, and when Gensel came back here, he left here and came back here, the understanding, I think at that time, was when Don finally steps down, uh, Mike is going to be the guy. How, how is that going over now that uh, clearly things changed? And I think the feeling towards Don changed. And fair or not, I think that changed the feeling towards Mike Gensel. Well, and administration changed, right? Sure. I mean, it's one but thing I'm to just make saying, some sort of the, the verbal promise yes. in 2011. Absolutely. I mean, the climate changed big time over there. I mean, Mike wants to be a head coach. I had Mike on the podcast last week. Hey, I'm a Gensel guy. I like Mike. I mean, you think about his playing career with the Gophers, coaching under Doug Woog. I mean, nobody bleeds maroon and gold more than Mike Gensel. So I feel for him. I feel bad. But when you can hire a guy that has the accomplishments that Bob Motzko does on his resume, they hit a home run. I mean, they got their guy, much like P.J. Fleck. They targeted one specific guy, even if they interviewed others and might have talked to Les Miles, did talk What's to Les Miles. What's our guess on salary here? Double. North of 550, 575, right in that 600 ballpark. Yeah. They'll release it today, presumably whether it's at the news conference at 1 o'clock or sometime thereafter. They will release mm-hmm. some of the details. They may not have the 14-page full contract for 
for us to view, but they'll have at least terms of, of yeah. the deal. But yeah, I mean, close to double. Now, it'll be interesting to see who Motzko hires as his assistants. I'm led to believe that he has reached out to both Bell and Gensel. Both those guys are under contract for another year. Now, there hasn't been any dialogue. Let's let Bob get through this news conference today. I think things will pick up next week on that front. But yeah, we were just talking off air, Judd. Yeah, I guess I would not be surprised if Bob brings at least one of his assistants from St. Cloud, which means both of Gensel and Bell likely won't be back. Hey, Doogie, this is all due respect to Jerry Krasnick, who I think is a great reporter for ESPN.com. I like him, baseball yeah. reporter. But I saw a headline on ESPN.com yesterday, front and center on ESPN. Maybe it was because it was like a twin-specific thing, but it was a talk stall between Dozier and twins. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I, last we had heard from you and other people who have been inciting a couple weeks ago that they just really hadn't talked. And that's kind of what that's kind of what the story laid out from Jerry Krasnick. So it was this big headline on ESPN.com, but it wasn't really anything new. It's the same thing that Dozier told people down in Fort Myers publicly, which is, yeah, I don't know. We haven't really talked about a contract extension, so I'm just going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, why? What do you know about it, and why wouldn't the Twins even kick the tires on like a you know, three-year, $55, $60 million extension for a guy in his prime? Would he take that? Well, like, why not have the conversation? I don't know. He probably yeah, wouldn't. Well, but... I mean, I think some of those parameters were discussed with Dozier's agent okay. at the winter meetings. Okay. so they. Know... I don't know if it got that specific, but there were talks. But yeah, certainly in the last handful of weeks, nothing. Non-existent. There were no talks. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why this was a headline. Now, to me, I have no problem with the Twins playing this out. Now, you could argue Dozier, in many ways, face of the franchise, does everything right. He's really good. Yeah. He's really good. You figure he's still got a few good years left. Why not make him a nice three-year offer? Now, he might be looking for four or five. But I also understand, why not play out the year? You make him the qualifying offer, $16 million. He likely says no. If you don't agree to a long-term deal, if you lose him, you get a nice draft pick a year from now. I don't, I don't mind that strategy. But I, I do think with his agent, Damon Lapa, there were some talks going back to the end of end of last year in the winter. But recently, no. Yeah. So the you headline know, the, just doesn't make a lot of sense the, to me. The problem is, and I mean, you know, Judd and I have talked about this, it'd be nice if you knew what Jorge Polanco was, but now you have to wait 80 games to find out if it was for real in the second half of last yep. year. Like if you knew, oh, Jorge Polanco's awesome again throughout the entire 2018 season, it gives you more leverage. Okay, you know, Dozier, we like you, but not for five years. But now, if you're not sure on Polanco and you're going to lose Dozier, okay, well, it can't just be Nick Gordon and then wait for Royce Lewis. Like, you can't just I let don't those think it's a go. real difficult position. You're not getting another Brian Dozier. Dozier's one of the best but position I think you players can find, in baseball. I agree, but I think you can find second baseman. I don't think that's one of those positions where you're like, oh, no. You can always go trade for a and Logan I think that's Forsyth, what the Twins think. Or you've got yes. Nick Gordon. Now, Nick, you wonder about his ceiling, but I do think he can hit Major League Pitching. I don't know how good defensively he'll be. I don't know if he'll ever be this this great hitter. But I think you could live. If Nick Gordon is your starting second baseman in 2019, I don't think that's a train wreck. Don't you, you guys think, though, that the Twins are counting on Dozier, thinking that he's going to make a killing on the market next year, going taking his services to market, finding out that, that the climate has definitely changed, and then being like, oh, I'm not going to make as much as I thought? Well, yeah, I think there's I, some I of that. Think, yeah. I think this winter... Uh, basically in the hopes of baseball people set sort of new boundaries for for what guys get paid. And if you're you're nearing or over 30, I think one feeling now among 
people like Falvey is, you're going to find out that you'll still get paid, but it's not going to be nearly what you possibly thought. No, no. You know, would his camp argue, not that Dozier's in the stratosphere of Jose Altuve, and oh, by the way, he's, what, a couple years older than Altuve? Yeah. But you look at Altuve signing, what, five years, $150 million? You know, could you argue if you're Dozier's camp, three years? Oh, at, sure Yeah, I mean, yeah, $17 million a year, that's not absurd. Three years, you know, $51, $52, 53000000 million, that's not ridiculous. Also, the Twins did have some dialogue with Byron Bucks. I don't know if we've talked about this. Mm-mm. Talked about it on the podcast. They talked parameters of a six-year deal with Byron Buxton. They were seeking two team options. Yeah, well, that's, that's pretty standard. It is, but Scott if you're Buxton's Kingery just camp, signed one with Philadelphia, and he hasn't played a major league game yet. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know on that one. But if you're Buxton, if you're Buxton's agent, you would have been moronic to say yes. Agreed, yeah. The money wasn't ridiculous. It was good money. Don't get me wrong. Those are always going to be team-friendly deals. But the Twins always. tried to steer it to be so team-friendly. Yeah. That's fine. Fire, <laughs> just, fire your shot. Listening, it just, uh, some of the things I heard, it was just it was borderline ridiculous. I, mean, I guess shoot your shot if you're the Twins. Try. You never know when, yeah. when an agent might say yes. But in this case, I'm telling you, it was laughable what they presented to Buxton. Sure. Well, here, here's one thing we got to we got to go here because we with Doogie and Lou Nanny back to back, we uh, might have to blow out the rest of our show here. We love having you guys, but you guys take up 20 minutes each, and it's awesome. So one quick thing on Buxton, he's the type of guy you have to watch out. He's not going to be the same defensive player in five years from now because speed deteriorates throughout your 20s. Like Tory Hunter moved to right field when he was 29 or 30, right? Like you're not. So if you're going to look long-term at some point with him, much like that Joe Maurer contract, understand he ain't going to play center field at that level. Joe Maurer not going to catch at that level at the back end of the contract. So you have to account for that. You do, but I still think he can be a good defensive center fielder at 28, 29, 30. Yeah. And I think the bat will get better and better. Quickly, one go for football note. They have this kid from Iowa on campus starting today, Max Duggan, a 2019 quarterback. He's got Nebraska after him. He's got Notre Dame after him. He's got TCU after him. Hmm. The Gophers can somehow secure a verbal commitment from this quarterback, Max Duggan. Now, they have the quarterback from Eden Prairie coming in, but the idea is to bring in two quarterbacks per recruiting class. If you could bring in Max Duggan along with Cole Kramer, that's Tom Moe's grandson, the former Gophers interim AD, cousins with Carter Coughlin. If you brought in those two quarterbacks in next year's recruiting class, that would be a home run. But I'm just telling you, Max Duggan being on campus today, he's been on campus a couple times already, so yeah. he likes the Gophers, so he's back. Some people think Nebraska is the front runner, but if you can somehow land Max Duggan, that would be a big, big deal. Google the name, D-U-G-G-A-N, Max Duggan. He's one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the Midwest mm-hmm. in the class of 2019. He's the son of Jim Duggan, Dave Harrigan. Not sure if you knew that. <laughs> All right, thank you, Doogie. I knew where you were going with that. Bye, Doogie. Dave, what's coming up in stuff next? I just hope we have time for it. All right. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. Mackey and Judd. Does that feel good? Yeah. They're both verbs. Awesome. On 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Firestone Complete Auto Care. Keeping cars running newer, longer, whatever you drive. Drive a Firestone. Are you here by circle? And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. All right, Dave American, get right to it. It's a good idea, Judd. 
HBO keeps pumping up all pumping out all this audio and video from Shaq and the look at Shaquille O'Neal on uh, Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel. And yeah, here's a tale. I have the highest purchase in Walmart history. The CEO will confirm that. I spent about seventy thousand on Walmart in one night. True story. <laughs> I get traded from Miami, and I go to Phoenix, and I'm very impatient. So they already got the apartment set up, and I ain't got nothing. I ain't got no towels. I ain't got no pots and pans. I ain't Shaquille got no O'Neal, yes. who's worth $800 yes, million, dollars, shop, thereabouts, uh, yes, went I'm, to Walmart. I'm Walmart's biggest customer. They know it. Come on. You went to Walmart to yes. furnish your house. Yes. <laughs> yes. All day, every day. Pans, socks, underwears, tank tops, TVs, printers, computers. So I get to the cash register and I click it. It says decline. I'm like, decline? I'm going to wipe it off. Decline. So security team from American Express called me and said, hey, man. Somebody stole your credit card at Walmart. I said, no, sir, that's me. And the guy go, what the fuck are you buying? I said, it's me, sir. So I turned it back on and got a couple of trucks and bam. Has it ever happened to you guys where you uh, <laughs> like try to make a purchase somewhere in a different city and it tells you, or somewhere, a, a large purchase, and it declines because of you, not because of stolen? Not yep. like 70 k at Walmart, you know, big, but. That's oh sure, yeah. absolutely, oh, it's yeah. happened. Hey, yeah. uh, there's uh, there's somebody in uh, yeah. then yeah. there's somebody in you know Madison right now who's trying to buy uh, 19 beers for yeah, that's me. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah, 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 so thirsty. How much would you have to buy at Walmart? So he's just he's like furnishing a house and closets and stuff and furniture. Is he buying? Do they have couches at Walmart? Yeah, couches or futons of some they're sort. Futons, yeah, yeah, they have for some sure. sort of furniture. I am but... slightly surprised he didn't outsource that job. Well, I mean, obviously he didn't go up to the register with seventy thousand dollars like of cards. But he had clearly made the, the choices himself. I'm yeah, surprised he, he, he didn't probably just wandered through and pointed say out. probably wants what he wants. Good he knows what TVs he wants. Yeah. Walmart's fine though. I got nothing against Walmart. I, I go to Sam's Club literally every time I walk in, I stare in awe. There is a TV on display right as you walk in. I'm not kidding. Twenty thousand dollars. A tw- a twenty thousand dollar TV, thousand dollar TV, nineteen nine ninety eight or something like. Does that. it flip over horizontally and you dive into it like a <laughs> yeah, hot tub or something? It what? makes you breakfast. It does other things. <laughs> cleans the house. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> Derek Holland, you're familiar with him, pitcher, formerly of the uh, Rangers, yeah. now a giant. Been known for his Harry Carey impression. Hey, how about the Rangers? They came in, they did a hell of a job today. Pitcher Derek Holland with the distance, and the offense was un- unbelievable. Incredible team out there, huh? How about the Rangers? That was from a few years ago. A couple days ago, he dusted off one I've never heard before with sideliner Portugal from the Giants. Interview you as Kermit. Well, yeah, we can um, try to do it as much as we'd like. Um, the thing is here, we're trying to watch a great game of baseball. There is the um, Giants. They are up one to nothing. And, um, you know, it's been an exciting day here. It's a little cold, but that's all right. We'll um, carry on from here. Kermit doesn't wear any clothes, so that's a little tough at AT&T Park. Well, yeah, see, when it's cold out there, well, we'll just keep it edited. There's a lot of kids that are watching. It's not easy being green, is it? Nope, definitely not. Um, you blend in with the grass, and people don't um, pay attention to you. <laughs> yeah, I have a laugh that hard in the long time. Derek... Kermit, whoever you are. Thanks for having me. This was fantastic. Uh, I, I was wrong. I, I thought you meant uh, the other Holland who just signed with the Cardinals. So he's not a good pitcher, but he's great at impressions. That's the good. Guy yes. He yeah. used to be all right. The he's carry kinda, was okay. Yeah. That the, the Kermit was good. I like the Kermit a lot. Very solid Kermit. Yeah. Plus he goes by the Twitter handle like Dutch Oven or something like oh. that, which is just <laughs> outstanding.
<laughs> get it, Holland. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, see what you did there. Uh, yeah. uh, KG uh, doing the uh, Area 21 deal a couple nights ago. He had a bunch of people in the studio with him. Jamel Hill was one, a few others, and they're debating LeBron, MJ, LeBron, MJ, LeBron, MJ. KG had enough of it. Michael Jordan was probably the most. First off, he was he was probably the one out of out of professional sports. He was here where everybody else was here. Michael Jordan was revered as a machine. Was he more criticized? Are than you LeBron? serious? He was selfish. He didn't trust anybody said, else. Yeah. Say so he still won. And why do you say he, he couldn't do it? Win. He came out, he won, and he yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you was like, you know what? I'm rolling with this kid here. And you saw how hard he wanted it. And you saw how hard he was going. And this was Magic and Bird still in the lead. Yeah. Man, come on, man. Well, Magic went through that. Man. Remember what they were I mean, saying? Basketball, when basketball was on the verge of losing it, when Agreed. we had addicts, and, and and when guys came in camp, yeah. overweight. Who do you think started coming in camp in shape? Ready to go day one. Right. Who started that? I agree. But Michael Jordan no, started that. Let's not ever forget what this man did for this wave, man. KG so didn't swear that whole time. Passion. I'm he was amazed. standing, walking around. He got up out of his chair and was yelling. Not, not one F-bomb. I'm amazed. So I'm going to take the KG sides with Michael Jordan in that argument. <laughs> the GOAT, yes. Yes, he would say MJ, the GOAT. Wow. Can we talk about the greatest con uh, food... Uh, food-related controversy in Twitter, at least the last 24-hour history. More controversial than the Circle Me Bert yeah. thing from yesterday? Yeah, this is food-related, as I okay. mentioned. Okay. Uh, it's Eugenie Bouchard, tennis oh, yeah. player. You know, she's the one that had the, the guy uh, hooked up on Twitter, and they may or may not be dating. We're not really sure. Well, if they are, he should dump her right now because she dips her pizza in soy sauce. This what? Sounds, this sounds good to me. She dips what? Wait, wait, pizza. wait, 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 wait. I want to try this. Wait soy, sauce. soy sauce. So, so, and Judd thinks it sounds good. Of yes. course he does. I'd like to do this. It's more disgusting than dipping a chicken Caesar wrap in ketchup. And you this is more okay. disgusting. But here's my question. So you don't like sushi, right? No, or I you do. do. Like it. Oh, Dave doesn't like sushi. Yeah. Okay. No, I like it. Okay, so you do eat soy sauce, but that's still oh, a really sure. weird combination, like marinara or pizza sauce with soy sauce. That's that's like that's like taking. That's going too far and taking two things you like and putting them together. It's like the hot dog and the pizza crust thing. Just keep them separate. Church it, and state. It's a combination that I would have never thought of on my own. That's because it's but unnatural. Now, it's unholy, but now, Judd. But now I'd like to try it, and it sounds good to me. All right, let's fire this up. Let's do it. Can we get... Somebody, well, we can certainly get some pizza. There's definitely pizza downstairs. Is there soy sauce downstairs, too? We might be able no, to make this happen. Maybe there's a little in the fridge somebody may have left over. <laughs> There's I, yeah, there not today. Is. I will bring some soy okay. sauce in tomorrow, and I'll we will make it. Judd do it. It sounds really good. Oh, it sounds filthy. Oh, god. Uh, well, we'll yeah. Okay, we'll. Um, I'm still I'd, full. I, so yeah, I wouldn't put it past better. you to to do it and then have a smile on your face. Sometimes I think you don't have taste buds. Oh, like I'm gonna take. <laughs> He's burned them off with hot coffee for 40 years. Oh, I'm gonna put ketchup in my coffee and mix it around. I, wanna, I, I don't want have taste to. Buds. I want to try this. All right. Insult all you want. I want, to try, I want to try this. Uh, Roy Smalley will make his Mackie and Judd 2018 debut in about uh, 40 minutes from now. And that means, that sounder means, we're giving away another copy of MLB The Show 2018 for PS4 to call our number 5 right now. 651-646-8255 or 877-615-1500. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. They seem to have really unusual names. 
Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. This portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by DennisKirk.com. Don't forget to join Phil Mackie and 1500 ESPN at Randall's Min Minneapolis from 8 to 10 Saturday evening for the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament Viewing Party. Basket pong prizes galore. Fantastic beer specials all for the Final Four. It's sponsored by Dos Equis. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Are you here by circle? Uh, we are now three hours away, three hours and change away from first pitch of the 2018 twin season. Here's a, a leftover email. This is from Jeff on Circlegate, the Circle Me Bert controversy from the last couple days. Royce was blocking people who were talking about it yesterday. Oh, he I saw his threat. Me. I saw the threat to block. He people. cornered me in the hallway and said, "How many segments did you guys get out of that yesterday? I can't believe it." He asked people to just out themselves. Yes, yeah, so he could <laughs> please block contact them. at fifteen hundred ESPN Royce if you have said blah blah about Circlegate. So I can just block you. Yes. yes. So Jeff emails the show <laughs> to celebrate the. This is Mackie and Judd at fifteen hundred ESPN dot com. If you uh, ever want to email the show too. To celebrate the return of the Twinks and Circle Me Bert, here's my favorite Circle Me story. I was watching a Twins game some time back, and there were three fetching ladies with a Circle Me sign. All had oversized, wacky sunglasses perched on their heads. Bert circled them. And the lass, the lass, the lass in the middle had, shall we say, ample zoomers, he emails, which were right in the middle of the circle. Bert said, I have a pair of those. Oh, no. Obviously referring to the sunglasses or <laughs> or not. Yep. Dick Bramer, seeing the meatball that had just been set on a tee for him, but trying to remain professional, said, uh, what? And Bert said, the sunglasses, and then jabbered onto something else, not realizing what he had just implied. Play ball. Oh, Bert. <laughs> yep. Are you here by circle? I have a feeling Bert wasn't referring to the sunglasses. No, 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 no. Bert, Bert, Bert knows exactly what he's doing in situations like that. Just a hunch. I saw that. Uh, I saw we we got a note from somebody at a radio station outside the metro saying that Br- Bramer had gone on his station to make it very clear that the circle me Bert was not dead too. So wow. Fox Sports North spent an entire day, Man. an entire day crisis management. Of Circle Me Bert. Yeah. Hey, PR 101, be clear, clear in your communication right off the bat. Do they start circling people top of the first today? Right. I've just circled everybody. Yeah. <laughs> just instead of Keys doing, to the game, circle, 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 circle. Circle, circle Dick Bramer, just circle <laughs> absolutely everybody. I think they have no choice. Uh, people are suggesting with Roy Smalley, who's going to join us in a half hour, that if it's Roy, they can do a rhombus. Like, rhombus me, Roy. <laughs> Some people were tweeting, triangle me, Tori. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't no. see the promise me, Roy. <laughs> oh. What are some other ones? Uh, Morno? I forgot. What's an M? A shape that starts with an M. Until I read Mike Rand's story oh. in the strip today, I forgot that I actually wrote an A1 story back in 2002 or three about about the Circle Me Bert phenomenon. Really? Yes, what was a the story gist? that appeared on A1 of the Star Tribune. It was such a big deal. What was the gist of it? Just like, hey, Bert circles This thing's taken off and people are, and I I had to go talk to people. I think what I did was I went and talked to fans in the dome with signs to be to say, why are you doing that? Oh, it's the greatest thing ever. I'm getting Some on TV Some of your best journalistic work. Oh, it was a really high point. <laughs> did it you was, call them idiots to their faces or were really you able to restrain point. yourself? 
Oh, oh no. you, you might oh, have been you know interviewed me. for the story. Insincere completely to the end. Oh, this is great. <laughs> and I talked to little Susie, too, about her cool, sign. Man. I'd like to, to see that again. You can find Matthew Collar on 1500ESPN.com, the Purple Podcast, and also now Saturday Sports Talk. Yes, you 10 guys, to uh, noon with, uh, with me. Lots of fun, Matthew. Lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now.